0: Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works, with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works, with David and Mark. Today, we're talking about Project 86's second album called Drawing Black Lines. Uh, Mark, why don't you uh, talk about your background with the band?
1: Well, I became a super fan of, the, of this band for, for a while. I'm no, I'm no longer in that, in that ballpark, but I was definitely a super fan for, uh, for a period. Uh, before this album came out, uh, I think through uh, there's like a tooth and nail sampler. I start I started getting into bands like Blindside and some some of the heavier, uh, even even heavier than Project 86. Um, but I, I listened to a little bit of that music, and then at the Christian bookstore, I bought their self-titled album, uh, just on kind of on a whim. Kind of the, the cover intrigued to me. It's it's kind of a dark cover. It has the 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 image of like seeing through a dark. Through a mirror dimly, that like Paul talks about. I tried to watch the band uh, in concert uh, when they were doing the Warriors tour with P.O.D.M. and Blindside. My friends and I just showed up late. We just got, we, we arrived at Great America too late. But then he still came out, the, um, the, the vocalist still came out for a song or two. Uh, after drawing Black Lions, like when that came out, I, I joined the message board for him and spent way too much time. In my late high school days and early college days, on this uh, online forum, and even became a, a moderator on their message board for a little bit of time. But later on, I became a superman, or you know, just actually around the time of drawing black lines.
0: Yeah, for me, this album uh, was released for the first time in uh, 2000, um, but I uh-huh. I didn't hear about them until I guess uh, 2003. Okay, so the first album that I was introduced to them are, was uh, Truthless Heroes, which came out in 2002. Uh, for me, that was a senior year of high school, so I either heard them in late 2002 or early 2003. Um, mm-hmm. I was originally found out about them, but probably uh, kept up a little bit on uh, Tooth and Nail uh, Records, just general information on that um, maybe a Christian magazine or music magazine. And then went back and listened to the two albums uh, shortly after that. So we're not going to do an in-depth review on the self-titled album. So I'll just uh, talk briefly, um, your thoughts about it. Um, You know, I didn't like it as much as the second or third album. I think they Mm. came back later with better hooks, especially as far as like uh, vocals go i like the kind of the rap rock feel that we'll get in a little bit or the Mm -hmm. uh, you know heavier driving rock but with uh singable or chantable, uh screamable lyrics (laughs) um so the you know i did like the a lot of the guitar lines in the self-titled album um right but except for maybe the song run you know, with the rest of the masses um, from that one song. And uh, uh, the lyric structure of Six Sirens, um, the album doesn't really stand out for me as much. Um, what was your, uh, what are your thoughts on the, on their first album?
1: Yeah. So the first one, <clears throat> um, I think it's de- like, like I said, this is definitely a dark um, Christian, Christian album, but there, I think in some good ways uh it for me it was like it was uh it talked about like the struggle with sin and kind of and it did it in a way that was a little bit you know they made they got comparisons to rage against the machine which was kind of fair and they were definitely more in the rap rap core but i would say there you know i listened to there's another band that was from the early earlier 90s called helmet and i listened to the the helmet album and that that one with the the self-titled i kind of heard that. In there, it's probably some of it's nostalgia, and some of it was like finding a really good. Like I, I heard the self-titled first before um drawing black lines. So then, so drawing black lines, they like expanded their sound, and later on, the only thing I I missed was kind of the sincerity of the the vocal. Um, most of the vocal on this on this on the first on the first album has is like our. Most of the vocals are fairly sincere. <clears throat> And I missed a little bit of of the rapping later and some of the poetry. But yeah, I, I can I can understand why. If you came from t- Truthless Heroes and Drawing Black Lions and you liked the later sound, that that's kind of who they became, or who, who what the sound really became as a band.
0: I like the uh, uh, comparison, and I've tried this. Uh, I don't know if you've tried it before. If you speed up um, Project 86 songs a little, um, uh-huh. in which case you speed up both the uh, so it gets it plays faster and it pitches up a little. Um, yeah, sounds a lot. Rage Against the Machine. Oh,
1: okay, more so even.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think if you it is, uh, you know, the songs aren't usually as fast as Rage Against the Machine songs. Yeah, groovier. Exactly example of of how they would sound if they were trying to to go for that sound of like the faster rap rock thing, but when you speed it up uh when you increase the pitch a little, you get more of the uh, rage against the machine sound okay, that was yeah That's pretty funny um, yeah. well uh yeah, the, maybe before we get in a song by song uh breakdown, how would you define them as a Christian band as a secular band? I don't think we're as attached to the labels and stuff like that but that was definitely a discussion i had um you know they're on a a christian label or at least a at least for the first two albums and but I, they were reluctant to have that uh christian label
1: they're interesting as a band at times they're actually super christian and so like if you read the in, the insert on their self-titled lyrics and then as we're going to talk about this the drawing black lines lyrics it's like it's very Christian in terms of the lyric um output uh if you like i I understand if you like coming in from truthless heroes maybe we may we may um have another podcast where we just talk about that that album um but like coming from that one i could i could definitely and they around the time of um truthless heroes they didn't want to do it have that, that, that label attached to them uh, and I remember, so Drawing Black Lines had two releases. One of them was in the Christian market, <laughs> and then one of them was in the general market with Atlantic Records. And so, some of that I think was label pressure. Some of it was just that they wanted to be taken seriously as a band. Some of it I think was they wanted, I think they were sincere about their message, and they wanted their message to be heard by as many people as possible. But that just having the label. They, I think they wanted the lyrics and the art to speak for itself. But it kind of, it ended up creating needless arguments, though.
0: I, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. You know, the time I was following it most was around Truthless Heroes and the fallout from that. You saw them live lots of times. Um, I ended up seeing uh-huh. them uh, live quite a bit. I'd probably say around seven or eight times um, over the uh-huh. year. Helps that they were Orange County based. There'd be frequent shows in um, the San Diego area.
1: Where did you you see them?
0: I mean, I saw them at Soma. And I think uh, we both uh, saw them there. Um, Yeah. And I don't really remember them being as part of a a full tour. I haven't really seen them like that. I did go and see them uh, once in L.A. with uh, Demon Hunter. That was another Christian band, but that wasn't that wasn't a full tour. That was a one-off show. In mentioning you know artwork and, and things like that. What is the artwork on the album? So what does the artwork on Drawing Black Lines symbolize?
1: That's a good question. I would say the color palette is it's black with some white and then some orange. You know, there's some reflections in there. Some lanterns, I think, so maybe some China, some lantern, like and then there's also the the band used to use dragons at one point, uh, in their art in their artwork. They used it in their early part of their career, which we could talk about too.
0: See like a staircase, um, uh-huh. like a or well, not a staircase. It's probably steps that are illuminated, and uh-huh. then there's um, you know a four by four grid with symbols, but I don't really recognize any of the symbols and things like that. Um, yeah. Later they did add that on with a dragon I think it was kind of a was that a play on like Chinese American food I'm trying to think because that seems like it's a that's what it kind of reminds me of
1: you know I've heard some people talk about the fact that you know dragons you know (laughs) you know sometimes when people include talk about include dragons in their artwork that's you know like an indication of something I guess like spiritual darkness there may be some connection in there in terms of like what the band was i think trying to fight against i think at one point they just kind of used it i mean it looked like it looked kind really of cool to me when i was younger and maybe they were trying to reach reach some people by using using the image but they eventually abandoned it the steps kind of the and the, the art the artwork the the impression that i got was kind of walking through and there's a little bit of light and you and it's kind of like walking through the narrow path in the midst of the the valley of the shadow of death
0: i think that kind of thing
1: and trying to trying to rise up out of the sand rising up against this wickedness you know all that
0: yeah other than that i, I don't really have any insight into it well, i think drawing black lines the title is about getting mm-hmm. hard boundaries yeah basically like a, a line in the sand kind of thing or mm-hmm. like, uh, you shouldn't pass.
1: The de- declaration of faith it seems like
0: i could see that you know they want to reach outside the christian market but they did uh so i guess we saw them both you know the shows we saw them they were just on a normal lineup like they were with christian bands unless it was like that tour with Pod and Blindside. sides
1: mm-hmm. i've heard some news like or and i've heard the the lead singers Kind of share some of it. Like at one point, like so, around the time of the Blair Witch Project, like Marilyn Manson included one of their songs on the Blair Witch Two soundtrack or something, or something like that. And they like he wanted to go on tour with them, and then that ended up getting canceled at some point. And I always thought they would have been like a good band to pair with System of a Down on tour. I think those two bands were kind of of the same kind kind of genre, or like Deftones too. I think they would they would play a good show together
0: of course would would have gotten and did get you know a flag from uh christian fans for for doing that yeah. but i personally wouldn't have seen the issue with it you know it would have been good for them but maybe i wouldn't have gone and gone to the concert you know
1: right right right
0: yeah it does start off really strong with uh, stein's theme i assume that's how you pronounce it yeah um, yeah stein's name <laughs> yeah i mean uh do you know uh who the stein is
1: i've heard maybe it's steven dale their their bassist it sounds like franken it's like frankenstein too Gotcha. Uh, maybe maybe it's Stephen dale but I, I don't know i'm not sure
0: i think it does fit in really well with the uh what we we're talking about for the drawing black lines title that it fits into the album title um Mm -hmm. And I like the, you know, it does start with a really strong hook. We aren't playing by your rules. We'll never play the full. Well, it's not a explicitly Christian theme. um, They do have a lot of themes about separation or, you know, keeping themselves Mm -hmm. separated from the masses.
1: The song, I remember I got, I got this on a sampler and it has this like really nice long little hook with like, You know jarring guitars and a really sweet bass line and drums building up and then for the concerts they you know they'll sometimes they or a lot of times they close with this song because it just it gets the crowd jumping so much and it's really triumphant at at the end and now yeah and and i like the line and now you cannot take what's inside of me kind of like if you you know the the holy spirit you know we're we're given the we're given this gift as a deposit and that kind of keeps us going, no matter what's around us.
0: Yeah, I think it, talking about salvation, uh, possibly. This is one of the favorite songs to to see live. You know, I might have different views on on studio albums. Uh, this is probably my favorite, as far as a collection of songs that would be part of live shows. Oh
1: yeah, uh,
0: I, 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 that that makes sense a, to me. Interesting line. Uh, you know, the voices say we're a pack of disoriented youth. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's criticism from Christian media, or is it from secular criticism?
1: I always took it like as you know, I identi- I identified it with the Christian side, uh, even though even uh, and I was probably a disoriented youth. <laughs> well, actually, at the time um, when when I was listening to this, whatever I felt like at the
0: time. <laughs> I was thinking it was kind of a Christian their response to Christian Media. The song after that, One-Armed Man, Play On. Um, yeah. Now this song, I would imagine as a closing yeah. as a closing number. You know, I yeah. don't really remember...
1: The problem is long. you have to play on. Right. You have to play on after oh, the song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got your joke. I definitely remember it being a staple of live shows. I kind of don't remember when stuff comes up. I... I was like, maybe it's right really in the show, or but it was definitely more popular songs. I think this was like their main song for the album, or at least that this was their uh, their single and music video.
1: Yeah, it's the one that uh, that they also sent to radio stations. They got it got some play on MTV and MTV2 a little bit, just a tiny bit though.
0: Yeah, so the video is a little weird. It's like, I guess the video is more of a focus on drugs or something or addiction that uh, kind of but I think with the title you know one arm man think of uh gambling you know slot machines which of course you know it's it's interesting I live in a town in <laughs> Nevada where you know it's gambling basically built a city you know I haven't really yeah myself you know I think I'd rather play yeah. uh, board games for no money than you know, you know <laughs> I don't like that risk on that anyway there are people that you know it becomes an addiction and definitely an expensive addiction i like that the song isn't just about that drunk with existence you know drinking swagger yeah keep them numbing so all those you know i think of more more of drugs than the rest of that was project 86 part of like the straight edge movement
1: I don't know if they were, but I I do know that the uh, later I I listened to the part, just a part of the vocalist's um, own background, when he became a believer, you know, or this was part of his past, you know, like the parties and some drugs. So he came, like he came out of that. It wasn't just characterizing, you know, other people, you know, and kind of saying, oh, those people are partying. It was like, no, he's like, I've I've been through this. And I was like searching, and then and at the end of the song, he's like, "I'll never look back, I'll never taste it again." I don't know about the other the other band members. there might be something in as part of that
0: you know I'd see some straight edge people from time to time, which by the way, straight edge is people that are i'd say generally into the music and concerts and and scenes like that, but then they're not no drugs, no alcohol, you know it was also yeah, no. Promiscuous sex, or you know, some people is no caffeine, or um, or even a vegan vegetarian diet. You know,
1: obviously the drugs, the drugs kind of are more, much more dangerous too. But the you know, it's a lot of people, some people, some people really struggle with alcohol where they can't
0: control it at all. Me against me. Now this song, when it's live, uh, a lot of people are singing along, screaming along for part of the lyrics
1: me
0: (laughs) yeah all the time it was me yeah that was the great line to scream along and you know and then me against me against me in the beginning is really catchy so it's talking about battling yourself is it like is it battling evil desire pridefulness yeah, he's like, I will not forget this,
1: the day when the sides were choosing me against me, against me. I basically choked, tried to choke my enemy and he tried to choke me. And then all the time I then I realized it was me. <laughs> with Remnant Eleven we talked about Romans, um uh like Romans seven and and I kind of thought about Romans seven with, with this song, like battling inner inner desires and there's a lot that's like in, in oneself. I don't know. Maybe it was pride. Uh, maybe it's. De- I mean, definitely pride could is part of it. If you're saying you're the problem,
0: <laughs>
1: it was, yeah, it's got to be a big part of it, right? You
0: know, it's catchy lyrics. Um, not quite sure what it means, but I I like it. And then it's a great um, bass and guitar line throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah, screaming I heavy vocals. Did you ever try to figure out some uh, Project A6 songs on guitar?
1: More so from the first album. Uh, that's it's funny. I haven't really, I never really tried to figure out a lot of the songs from this album. I think I think the sound of it influenced my my songwriting and my playing for sure. Um, there's some stuff we've done with Pair Republic where, if I look back, I'm saying, oh yeah, that came from that came from that band. Um, and also for some of the stuff that we did for Netzer, a little bit of that. There were only like a few songs from the first first uh, self-titled album that I did, that I tried to figure out.
0: Okay, never tried to learn any lines except for maybe the uh, on actually the next song. It definitely influenced the type of music I like, kind of sound I was going for. I mean, I think it was you know, song was kind of unique, um, but I think there was a lot of influence on that. Yeah, so the next song um PS, I don't necessarily remember the song title PS. I I think of it as the her heart bleeds song. Yeah, so it's a different type of sound where it's a, um a softer verse um but there's still some I guess menace with it. Um,
1: mm-hmm. like a death Downs.
0: And then it builds up to to a heavy chorus. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very yeah, heavy. That, you know,
0: I like the
1: line, you know it's a catchy line I think I was singing the chimes the chimes based one. What's your thought on the 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 song title? I have a theory I think it like obviously there's the postscript it has it has that kind of idea but I think it also may have just been porn song so there's like let's call it p.s.
0: Yeah I hadn't thought about that if that's what it means like you know it's good thing they they did abbreviate it you know there'd be if it was critical of the song you know you know the supertones have a song have a song where they're critical of pornography but they they don't have it in the title you know.
1: Right Um, yes yeah, so like the whole like the her heart bleeds is basically i th- I think it's like and it is a complete distortion of what we were meant to be and all that, yeah, I think if you put it in the title, you almost you almost it's hard it's hard not to glorify it
0: well, I think they wouldn't have stocked in Christian stores, you
1: know? yeah, that too,
0: yeah, complete perversion, um you know, baby set free keeps us longer than we wanted to stay. I was kind of thinking it was a general. Type of addiction song, that could definitely be what it's talking about. Set me up is another mm-hmm. song that I really like live. Um, this is also this is definitely a moshing song. Yes, real fast tempo, um, at least for them. Um, but that's definitely the right speed for that.
1: This is one of the more it's closer to like just pure hardcore, hardcore like hardcore punk, Hard, you know, like that kind that kind of style. Like, the, the other ones are, you know, various forms of new metal and hard rock. And then this one's just like, you know, they kind of do that maybe once or twice an album. Set me up, set me up. Towards the end, we're knocked down from your click. And the, like the, the grooves that, that the song takes as the song goes forward.
0: It's also a lot of consecutive lyrics, where he's not really rapping per se, but he's, he's doing a lot of lines in a row. So there's a line that was kind of interesting that a scene is dead today.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Some of it was like a musical take and then some of it was like just being not a part of cliques. So like when I first heard it, I, you know, you know, like if you're in high school and your high school has cliques and there's like the popular crowd and there's like these, other, all these different kind of crowds that kind of rub together or they don't rub together and they are included or not included. They don't include each other. But then that also exists sometimes in the musical realm of like it's kind of funny that it's a hardcore it's a hardcore song in the middle of a bunch of metal songs so my interpretation was maybe it's about the music so like they're a christian band but they're also like what we were talking about they're not quite like fully in the christian audience you know because they're like trying to go but they're also not fully accepted in the (laughs) secular crowd they're kind of being rejected around but i don't know
0: yeah
1: i like it in terms of like the idea of these are some things that are like divisiveness isn't good, and it's, it's better to try to like, if possible, to try to restore relationships. But I, I don't know.
0: Any song that's about surface level stuff, it's like I want uh, to try and find the the secret meaning on that, but it could just could just be about m- music scenes. Well, chimes is the was that the. The riff that you were going
1: for the earlier, yeah, the bass one. Lyrically, this one kind of reminds me of uh, One Armed Man play on me being tempted and like in hearing hearing the voice of temptation uh, and then not wanting to follow that, and then it's kind of saying if you do follow this, this is going to just lead to darkness, essentially.
0: Yeah, someone being tempted and. You know leading to destruction and, and things like that. I think the lyrics are interesting. not quite a fan of the of the way he sings. You know it's a heavy song, but it's a it's
1: pretty too whisper whisper-money, like deaf tones
0: exactly whisper scream type of stuff where it's not really his vocal his main vocal style.
1: There's the lyric I, I hear a whisper, a voice, a friendly voice start to rise indulge to your hearts content and pay no mind yeah I, I understand what you mean like because I have to I have to be like in the mood for this song or like because sometimes this is one of the most powerful songs on it because it's just showing, it's just saying like this voice of temptation that we think is like is like it's gonna be we can just indulge a little bit but then it really just leads to destruction but in terms of like the flow of the album this is like a, a one of the slow moments on it and it, the song kind of goes on for a long time, too.
0: I mean, I like the follow me riff towards the end. But I think it does take yeah. a long time to get there. I guess I like the initial riff, like I, how it sounds, but I think it's, it's just a little too long for me. When I went back to analyze it, it is uh, powerful lyrics. Yeah, so maybe a five-minute
1: song that could have been a four-minute song.
0: <laughs> a toast to my former self.
1: This one picks up right away again. So like after the little lull. Just goes the bass and drums and guitar and scratching along.
0: I like the title of the song. Um yeah, I like the guitar building up quickly on that and and the drum lines and you you definitely have stronger opinions on the rest of the musicians. It doesn't bother me too much that the lineup basically completely changed. Um that it's only you know over time that it's just Andrew Schwab the singer and then the rest of the band and stuff like that but is this like one good examples of like the original lineup as far as like uh guitar bass drums
1: the bass on this album pretty like for like we've commented a few times I think that's that's that sets up a lot of it and and Randy I think created some of the guitar sound and then the like the later albums when they've changed it up or when he basically when Andrew's recruited with that whatever guitarist they're kind of kind of when it works for me it's when they're kind of mimicking sometimes they bring the newer guys bring something new to it that i kind of like after alex left i miss i miss his the drums there are some like little tom fills that that alex does at times on this on this album yeah i would say like stein's thing a Toast to My Former Self, The Changes in Set Me Up, those are like good examples of the way the band kind of worked together really well.
0: Pushing on with life from death, stronger Christian message, explicitly referring to life after death.
1: Yeah, New Day Brings Light.
0: Not quite sure what the Kill This Day Now film me.
1: The filming part makes sense. Yeah, the Bleed Out My Wounds to, there's like the line about cocoons. <laughs> bleed Out My Wounds to set cocoons. And like you know, the transformation of potentially Christian imagery,
0: kind of fitting the life after death metaphor,
1: and regeneration, I think, too.
0: Okay, sad machines. I assume the sad machines are is talking about humanity. Um, Yeah, I think so. Like it's you know forgetting the creator, but then there's pain that reminds us of creation and and of the creator.
1: The early part of the band, I would say that this was like one of the key, the key central messages that the band had. There's like an ageless question, Universal, they're asking why. Why is there pain? Uh, But the pain is here. The point is the fact that like we long for something better. And there's like to leave and come back home, you know, back to the garden. There's like now so many wonder why so much has gone awry in all of this. You can't escape this.
0: Yeah, and I looked the line, the stain is you, the stain is me. Someone uh, is bogged down or has the, has the mark of the injustices in the world, you know, affected by, I think, other people's injustices and suffering, and then we're stained by what we cause others.
1: When I was young, in particular, like late high school, early college, this was a pretty powerful song for me. Terms of like where my where my heart was at and where my mind was at because I had a lot of questions you know that like a lot of people do and it's like man the world's so messed up <laughs> I like the message because there's just like the kind of the band has you know d- described themselves as like uh, they kind of this album it explores a lot of darkness but then shows kind of there's like the the cover there's like a little glimmer of light that's like leading the way in the midst of like the valley of the shadow of death like it's like reading like Ecclesiastes or reading um, parts of like the prophets where there's there's, like saying there's sin, there's sin here, there's darkness here, or there's darkness here. There's the light and there's hope.
0: They say, if you are real, then take it away. But man will only look to you lying on his face. At least the lyrics I have, it actually capitalizes the Y in you. So explicitly referencing God, some suffering, I think both in biblical sense and in modern times that, that some suffering is, is meant to draw us to God.
1: It's kind of like a, a result of the curse, right? There was Eden that, you know, that was a thing and there wasn't, there wasn't the curses, but there, you know, there's all these curses that are brought up, brought about <laughs> at the end of Genesis. What was it two or three? Definitely. There's like mankind brings on evil too.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is that it's, you know, it's, God gives us free will, and then, and then people use free will to make the world a worse place. Man is cursed to toil in the field. You could say metaphorically we do that, but we certainly don't literally do that anymore.
1: You and I don't, but like some of the injustices, right, that are in the world are like literally like immigrant workers, migrant workers who are toiling in the field. Depends on who owns the, the farmland and all that, you know, who owns the land. Like I'm not in America, but like a lot of the American food supply, it really is dependent on migrant workers who are bending the back their their literal backs. Yeah. To to pick grain, we have to toil in other ways now. I'm working hard, but
0: I'm not working that hard, you know.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. You're not toiling the same way.
0: Okay, so the next the next song, I guess it's supposed to be called Star. Like you don't try to pronounce the asterisk or anything, right?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. I think on the on the like the album title they like they didn't have an asterisk they had uh, like a they a handwritten star in the track list.
0: Not quite sure what the title's about.
1: So the opening line is "He uh, outside, looking down on me," you know. Outside the the view is so much more. Uh, obviously, like so. And you know, the, like so, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Like the in the He created the, the the stars to be signs for us it's Randy singing on this one uh and i kind of interpreted it as like he's looking up and maybe one night he looked up he's he was looking at the stars or he saw a particular star and maybe he saw like he thought of god maybe like twinkling twinkle twinkle little star shining for him. <laughs> shining for him it's kind of amazing actually when we think of those stars too like like it might worry like for example the song orion that I wrote for the trees will know uh and then like the part in job where you know, the, we look out when we those little stars look like like Mozart wrote "Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star," but when but actually those stars are massive, huge, huge, like sometimes bigger than our sun. God created those and He holds them in the palm of His hand, right?
0: Yeah, and outside the view is so much more. I was thinking you know, of the Switchfoot song "Stars." It's see someone else. Not quite sure what the line "You know better late than dead is.
1: Maybe like turning to God, yeah. it's better to go to God late than to <laughs> than to wait too long.
0: Maybe it's talking about you know coming to God much later than you should, but you know while you're still alive, right? Better late than too late, you know.
1: Turning from like the partying we were talking about, or... it's not a good to stay in it, right? <laughs> but uh, it's better to do it later than not to do it at all.
0: Chapter two. The song title's related to Witness the Birth of a New Beginning, you know, the second half of your life or becoming reborn, you know, as in becoming a believer. This
1: one pairs like really closely to A Toast to My Former Self. They're all like, they're kind of similar thematically.
0: You know, New Song I Sing With My Breath um, sounds familiar. It's like Sing Unto the Lord a New Song. New Day Springs Light, uh, Birth of a New Beginning. So it's all talking about you know rebirth i also like there's uh um some bass slapping going on in the second verse Um, Uh and and add some variety to the song and that's that's also kind of a rage against the machine type of sound
1: definitely it's like an aggressive darker rage against the machine almost but yeah definitely some of the sounds they 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 have used at times
0: open hand Three nails to protect us so like talking about the crucifixion
1: yeah I, I assume so yeah and the raised hand surrounds us
0: so i think that's cool that they fit that in there
1: i like that I, I place my fate in your hands uh lots of self-known demands so to give my ears i'll relent to drop my pride you know with the set me up there's like set me up was like kind of talking about kind of the people being divided but then this one's kind of like yeah, it's like freedom is to come as one I don't know if it was talking about, you know, unification and coming together, or maybe it's just crossing the lines to coming unification with, with the Lord. You know, maybe it could just be that.
0: But I think it is talking about Christian unity. You know, stand united, we can't live divided until we die and gains. What's ours to claim? Uh-huh.
1: Rip this man and fill the land.
0: I think that's the main message, but then there there's certainly sections of the lyrics where I don't know what they're talking about. Break the barriers, link the area areas. Would also f- is a catchy line and talking about a Christian, you know, believer unity. Another song that would be more in the line of rap rock, I guess.
1: Rap rock groove. I almost wish that they would play more live, you know, but uh, but I guess once you have a certain number of albums, you just play whatever is like the strongest live. But it's pretty, it's pretty cool. This kind of like musically, actually, I remember like Papa Roach came a year around the same time, but maybe even after this, but maybe it was the exact same time. And this reminded me of a couple songs on the, um, on the Papa Roach, on the Papa Roach album. That
0: makes sense. I'm only really familiar with the, with the radio songs from them. Hard to remember if I've seen this, if if I've seen them do this live.
1: And I almost, when I listened to it, I almost imagined them playing it live too. That's the other funny thing.
0: It sounds like their live sound without sounding like a live record, if that makes sense. Finishing up. So they do add a little of electronics and stuff to 23. And they certainly, you know, wouldn't do anything like this um, live. Yeah, they re
1: recorded <laughs> it recently. <laughs> they had um they had like a Patreon. Yeah, they did that kind of thing.
0: You know, I I think I like to listen to a little bit of it, but I would get annoyed you know, and usually turn off the song before the entire thirteen minutes is <laughs> is played.
1: Yeah. Well this is definitely like you're speaking of a live, this is like this is like you could just this is like they just put the guitars in front of the speakers and then walked away, you know, during the before then, encore or, you know, at the end of a show. <laughs> there there are some, some of those songs, the, the drums just kind of fade out, you know. Well, I like the lyrics in, in here a lot. It's, it's almost a shame that the, the sound covers up some of the lyrics. But I guess maybe they wanted people to, like, look at the lyric book and kind of, like, dig into it, possibly. Um, for the actual song, because the song's, like, the track's, like, almost... It's basically 13 minutes long, but the song's only like four or five minutes. It is a little long, but I like, you know, set out to find a love, to live a life, to stay awake and clean and pure, and never allow the burdens and excess of this place to harm you. Scar was sun and shy to you. You hope, basically you hope to escape. And then at the end, it's like, what if I told you, you didn't you didn't have to stay? What if I told you that peace is real? What if you heard there was a better way? Would you come home if you knew the way? It's kind of like, that's the message of this album as a whole. There's this heaviness and darkness, but in the end, there is some peace. Would, would you come home if you knew that you could be, you could escape?
0: Yeah, it's a strong message, but, you know, I don't hear, really hear any of the lyrics in the
1: actual...
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe they wanted to be able to look at the lyrics, but it ends up just being a dud. It's an experiment that didn't work. They should have just made the song sound good to begin with.
0: <laughs> I would have preferred, you know, a three or four minute version of the song. Um Yeah, but they're allowed to have fun, I guess, you know, if they uh I hope they had fun making the song or something. Yeah. Yeah, so even with a few songs that I don't really care for, it's a very good album. This would be an album I play while exercising. It seems to be the, the main fan view, and I think the, the band's view, including Andrew Schwab's, view that this is their best album. And it seems like they're always trying to recapture that magic. My favorite act- album actually is Rival Factions.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: When it first came out, I liked uh, Truthless Heroes more than Drawing Black Lines.
1: For me, this is like the, one of their clearest Christian lyric albums. It sounds to me like the the best produced album. I go between the first album, this one, the one that came after, like a, basically their first five albums. I'll, I'll go back and forth between what's like what I'm in the mood for.
0: If you see them live, you're not really, you're getting some of these songs, but you're not really getting the full experience um, that if you had seen them, you know, a decade ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think they were going to do something for this album because it's been about 20 years since it came out, actually, for Drawing Black Lines. I think he was supposed to have an announcement for it, but then I think they canceled it because of COVID or they've delayed it. <laughs> so I don't know what that was supposed to be. Maybe he has a few band members. I would like him to kind of create some music with those specific band members. And then it would be cool to hear him have to do something kind of consistently with a group of people.
0: You want to get in touch with us um, messianicmedia facebook.com slash messianic media let us know how we're doing and well thanks for listening thank you for listening to the messianic media podcast a discussion of messianic christian and secular artistic works